Do you want to introduce us? Do you want me to introduce it? Well, you can do the intro. You did last time. All right. All right. Uh, welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Um, welcome back to the uh, fucking, what are we called? The uh, unqualified podcast because we're not qualified to do anything, right? Correct. Right? Um, this is technically episode two of the podcast, but we're talking about Masters of the Air episode three. And, uh, wow, uh, this episode was a doozy. Yeah, absolutely. hundred uh, percent. Yeah, that was, uh, whew, I, uh, well, well, we'll break it down for you. Um, the eighth air force gets a mission. They are told that they're going to do a bombing run of a bunch of factories in Germany and their mission and how it takes them is they go from England to uh, Germany, Germany all the way down to Africa, mm-hmm. and our uh, our uh, division in the, that's in there, I think it's whatever division of 49th or something, are the ones leading the way, and they're going to be taking pretty much the brunt of the battle, taking off with 21 aircraft to hit a single target but the rest of the 8th Air Force altogether is going to be flying one giant mission with the other two uh, fleets of aircraft following behind them. So that's just going to be guinea pigs for our heroes up front and then the rest of them in the back. They should be good to go to hit their targets. But as we go through the episode, Kevin can, can attest to this, it does not go according to plan. Yeah. Um, so what was one thing about the episode, I guess if we're talking about, I guess, the history side of it, I guess we'll talk a little bit about the history side of it. So this, the basis of the story is, is that, you know, a lot of a, a big thing about uh, the responsibilities of what our bombers were doing wasn't exactly hitting like active like military targets. They were also working in hitting uh, military targets that were responsible for manufacturing. And one of the big targets that they targeted was ball bearing factories because all of Germany's tanks used ball bearings for their turret spins. And it was a vital piece for the German tanks to basically Turn. function. Yeah, and their, and their aircraft as well. They used ball bearings. So that was the target. It was a, um, a, a, a ball bearing factory in Schweinfurt, Germany. Which actually, my mom was watching the episode, and she's actually is from Schweinfurt, and it's actually a very known part of history for Schweinfurt because of that ball bearing factory. Um, spoiler: It was bombed. Um, it was bombed by our heroes of the show, uh, and yeah, but, I, uh, I, I mean, it's not it's not really a fucking spoiler. It happened. Yeah, it yeah, it was forty. It was yeah. almost. It was like seventy years ago. Um, <laughs> And yeah, um, in a sense, it was a successful bombing mission. Uh, we don't know, so but it was a successful bombing. On paper, it is a successful bombing mission. Oh well, that's the that's the history side of it. Obviously, now I'll give you I'll thing, give you a little bit more history on that too. One thing though was that I did not realize that part of our bombing runs too is that they would actually fly from England and land in Africa. <coughs> I had no idea that was actually a thing that they practiced. Well, uh, let me tell you about the 
about those type of missions, Kevin. Okay. Um, I, I watched a YouTuber. His, he's a fantastic history YouTuber. He just became a doctor. Uh, his YouTube channel is called Real History. If you, if anyone gets curious, he does does a more historical background breakdown of each episode of Masters of the Air. We are just talking about it. So if you really want to know the nitty-gritty a little bit better than we can describe it, I recommend watching his YouTube videos. But he, when I watched his video doing the breakdown, trying to get a refresher for this episode, he, th- these type of missions, they're like a fairy type mission. Um, they would go from England to France and then, or England to Africa and come back, but they were promised things like, hey, you're going to get like a lobster dinner, as much alcohol you can drink and stuff like that because it's a dangerous mission. You're, you're flying a lot of time over enemy territory. But there's a big problem with that. Um, one, uh, when they hit the target, the ball bearing factory in, in Schweinfurt, the factory was only taking out of commission for a month. That means that with the factory out of commission only for a month, it does it didn't really impact the war too much at that point for them to to justify the amount of losses they took. As but, the show will, I mean, the show is going to show that, and it's only going to show for our main squadron. Um, I'm sure that the next episode is going to reflect more on that. But continue on. Possibly, yes. Um, the when they landed in Africa, those those talks about of hey, getting uh, a bunch of you know fancy dinners and alcohol just to cope with what they saw or to just you know relax get some R needed r and r uh that's not the case once they landed there there was barely any inst- uh installations there they the navigators were even lucky to find an air an airfield uh and which they did describe on the show uh let alone land these pretty much completely destroyed and if it wasn't in wartime and how they fix these aircraft because they just mangle them back together, be a hundred percent write off. You just get a new aircraft, but at this time they couldn't get them. So they would fix them. And each of these aircraft were pretty much uh, complete losses that they will just fix. So, and they had to do this in a desert where there wasn't much, uh, much infrastructure to fix them. So, they're going to have to fly these fucking aircraft back. Who knows how good they can fly. Mm-hmm. So we'll see in the next episode how that goes. So but, anyway, that's the history part of their mission. Because, again, the show is based on true story and inspired by true events. Um, yep. Now, let's talk about the show, the episode itself. So Masters <laughs> of the Air, the, the thing that they're trying to respect the most and it is – and this is classic Steven Silberg and Tom Hanks fashion of brutality World War II. You know, you would think like it's near it's air combat, you know, how how bloody can it get? Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something about this episode. It is hands down the bloodiest depiction of just any type of air combat that you will ever see. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think that a lot of people understood flak to an extent. 
Because when every people, whenever honestly, whenever you see flack in cinema, um, you really don't think much of it. You just see air explosions. You just see puffs and air explosions and the plane shaking. Um, you think that flack is that? It makes you think that flack's there to hit direct hits on planes, and you're just seeing misfires. No, flack is literally send up as much fragmentation shots into the sky and just wreak havoc on the planes flying by, and these planes these bombers they may be flying fortresses but they are made out of paper mache and it is not a good thing for the crew inside um there's a scene in it that really depicts of how life was on there and all i can say is that blood and guts are rolling you know it's just it's just a, it's a, it's a mess. It's an absolute crapshoot. I can't understand being absolutely terrified of being one of those planes, especially if you're a ball turret gunner. Ball turret gunner, which by the way, is, I think is voted as probably the most dangerous job in World War II. Uh, well, actually, Kevin, it is the least most dangerous part of the aircraft. Actually, oh really? It's the most. It's the actually the safest place to be unless your ball turret gets completely fucking shot up. And that's but, a, and Willie that won't we'll try to leave a spoiler free part about that, but there is a an event of uh, that might create some claustrophobia. Well, I mean, to to be fair, there's going to be spoilers because how we talk about this show. We talked about spoilers in the last episode. Let's, if you're listening to this, we recommend that you watch the show. But you know, show opens episode opens up. Our heroes they uh, basically are you know they are in a debrief about this bombing in Schweinfurt, then. They're pretty much get all worked up. Get ready for this. Uh, get ready for this flight, and then they they end up getting delayed by about half an hour. Uh, yeah, half an hour, and it's because of fog. Mm-hmm. And, and what sucks about this is because of the fog delay, it basically it throws off the timing of the entire mission. So essentially, what's supposed to be is that you have one bombing group going up ahead, taking basically the front of the German air defenses. So that, which is our our hero group. Yep, and it depletes their resources. But then, not too far behind them, is the second group that's going to basically come in and finish off the mission and finish off the bombing runs. Um, our heroes they do their job, but because of the fog delays and everything like that. Instead of about 45 minutes behind our heroes, our other bombing group is now about three hours behind them. Yeah. Oh, that's... Uh, so they're they're pretty much alone up there. Yep. And, all, and there was supposed to be fighter escorts and everything like that, and they were left with just defending themselves with the 50 cows on their, uh, on their flying fortresses. And to put in perspective how many bombers went up on this mission, they started out with 21 aircraft, 21 forts. When they landed in Africa, they had only t- uh, 11 forts left. Each aircraft had, holds 10 men. So they lost over, like, the losses of the 10 aircraft is a lot. But if you put that number to perspective, they lost over 100 men either killed uh captured or or if not they landed in water trying to get rescued which uh th- we do see one do a water landing but he ends up being interned in, in uh, for the rest of the war mm-hmm. so these guys 
we're told that they're going to be going based pretty much on a ferry flight from England to Africa. They are bombing a target that essentially they they would later find out uh, if they do doesn't really do anything. Lose a lot of their friends uh, that they're close with, including one uh, that we had mentioned before, which was uh, which. By the way, this is the episode where main characters start to die. Like we, this, yeah. this is our Carantan. This is our Carantan. This is this is the episode where we're we will lose characters that we've started to get close with, um, and it's not gonna be pretty. It's not gonna be pretty in any sense of it. Yeah, the uh, what's his name, Lieutenant Curtis Biddick, who who we talked about in episode two, and who was a big part in episode one. His plane fucking crashes. Yeah. Um. And he's killed with his co-pilot, which, which the co-pilot was a goner to begin with. Um, well, and to be fair, the actual real thing, real way that his co-pilot died was way worse than how he was depicted. Yeah, well, to be fair, also right now I'm having a little bit of issues with essentially these, like, essentially how in this sequence shot happened. Co-pilot is freaking gunned down by Luftwaffe freaking uh, Messerschmitt's 109s and is just shot up. Yeah. These are big caliber ammunitions. If you get hit by this, there probably isn't going to be much left of you other than a pink mist. Um, oh, well, uh, yeah, to an extent. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but I'll I'll tell you how his co-pilot had actually gotten killed. So he he bailed out of the aircraft because the cockpit was on fire. Mm. Um, but he hit the rear stabilizer. Oh, oh! You know what? They actually did kind of show show a shot like that to pay homage to it. Yeah, I, well, it's they, well they they <laughs> so there was a shot. It was a completely CGI shot, but but it was like okay, yeah, there's definitely a possibility it could happen. You know, they're going through this main like. By the way, this is hands down the best use of the CGI work they've ever done that they've done oh, so yeah. far with the show. the The dog fighting in this episode is it you you are in it. it. It's amazing the way that the gunners are working in the flying fortress and the it just everything about it. It's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful uh like shot of just everything going absolutely crazy. But it's it's organized chaos and it's it's a it's a great. Great, 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 great sequence. Um, but there's one sequence about it where kind of like Josh was talking about it in real life. The co-pilot hit the sta- hit their uh, rear sta- uh, stabilizer. Um, in this shot, essentially, uh, you have a crew that's bailing out. And that, basically, this entire episode is of bombers also getting shot down and the entire crew bailing out. And they're now... Basically, you have you you're, you're having our pilots and crews basically scattered all over, all over Eastern Europe, from Belgium to Germany to probably somewhere over like uh, Austria too, because they're just keep bailing and jumping and bailing and jumping, bailing and jumping. Um, and then one, in one shot, guy bails out of his um, out of the bomber. He's tumbling because the chute's not being pulled, and it is cut in half by our character's wing yeah <laughs> a lot of them were were blown up mm. uh, and some of them who bailed they're they're 
when these aircraft get blown up in the sky, the the planes are still flying through this the, this debris. So it's it's not like they're gonna be any you know less impact going on. So they will be hitting aircraft that are still in the air. They'll be hitting aircraft that are falling down. If they were lucky to escape, they're now dodging debris. And I'm not a hundred percent sure if because from what we've been told uh, through history that many German pilots didn't really ta- uh, attack people in their in their uh, parachutes. parachutes. But who knows what's going on in, in war. So it's it's like you're seeing you're seeing pretty much these guys are helpless once their aircraft is gone. Yeah, and you, and, you just only hope that there's mercy showed to them as they're descending to the ground. Oh yeah, but if you really want to read a great book about this, and specifically talking about this uh, actual mission, uh, Her- Lieutenant or now Major when he retired, uh, actually no, we were specific. Yes, Major uh, Harry H. Crosby, the our mm-hmm. navigator from the first two episodes. He writes a book called uh, A Wing and a Prayer, the Bloody 100th Bomb Group of the U.S. Air Force. And he does talk about this, and he does talk about how how uh, Biddick's plane went down, how he found out that his rear gunner was able to see it, how, and which in in the show, they do, uh, Crosby does go up to uh, one of either the rear gunner, he was talking to him, or the navigator, or his, his bombardier, when did you see him go down? He was like, I need to know because they they needed to know what happened to their friends, mm-hmm. specifically uh, Biddick, because he was such a big thing in the, in the a big uh, figure in the Air Force at that time for, for the 100th bomb group, let alone the Masters of the Year book. But he, he, it's that type of detail that I enjoy in this show because they're trying to keep it as historically accurate as possible while being dramatic and sh- trying to streamline what's going on because once you're in that once that mission starts and the and the flak stops going and the planes start coming around them you have no idea what the fuck is going on mm-hmm. planes are coming at you left and right uh there's as we mentioned earlier uh men fly- falling out of their aircraft planes falling out of the sky it's it's a complete shit show Nonsense. for the on top for of that, the you have at the time the fastest fighters or uh yeah the fastest fighters at the time which i think or was a spitfire the fastest fighter at the time before the p51 it was either the uh, measurement i mean 109 or was the spitfire Came well they had the, the, the bf 109 and but these but these were these aircraft are flying a lot faster in the show for because we're used to jets yeah. in this modern day so they're flying a lot faster than they should be. But one weapon that they are using against our pilots here and their crews is rockets. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, very. I'm surprised it's taking us to 2024 to finally see rockets being used in air combat from in a World War II setting. Because th- it was a thing. It was absolutely yeah. a thing. Yeah. Our, our uh, guys used it. Their guys used it. So this is actually quite amazing and how they showed this type of combat because wow <laughs> we it, i this episode i have nothing but praise but i have a lot of fear if i had to ride in one of those aircraft because mm. man i every I, 
I rather if if let's say I was put in that position of joining either the Air Force in, as a bombardier or anywhere on a bomber or be with a hundred airborne at the Battle of Bastogne, I'll choose Bastogne any day. Yeah, and that's and that's that's not easy to put yeah. uh, if I if I had to put in that position because most uh, bombers bombing crews will fly about twenty five missions before before being rotated out. <laughs> I mean, it just puts yeah, that's it, if you survive. It puts in perspective, like this. What this episode does, it dangerous. Okay. Hello. Yep, I hear you. All right, cool. Anyway, so what it put, this episode put in perspective is basically of just how easy it was to lose a massive force in such quick time because realistically our bombers on that time period were as much as how many guns they had on that as soon as a squadron of freaking fighters came into the equation you, it's you're just out on a wing and a prairie now of because their their maneuverability and their firepower it just it's 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 a, it's on a balance of just like unfair advantage at that point, and especially you going and them going up against flak. I mean, these guys are just basically forced like, okay, I just got to fly in a straight line and just pray I don't get freaking strafed or get hit by flak. That's all these guys are in. They're just flying straight, and that's all they can do. That's all they can do is just fly straight, and yeah. they and they're just watching around as like. Uh, Fire, this fire group's this bomber group's gone down. This bomber has gone down. We just lost him. We just lost him. We lost him. And they're just dropping like flies. And like it just puts in perspective just how easy it was just to not make it back for a mission. And yeah. there was a moment, and it's a good character development moment because you have Major Bucky, Major, uh, yeah, Gale, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Major Gale, Clevin, yeah, Gale Clevin. And he's in his bomber. His bomber gets hit pretty bad by flak and fighter uh, and fighters. And the entire time, they but Gail's been watching people bail out of their uh, their stuff um, at very big inconveniences, but can be sometimes manual inconveniences. And it was in that moment that he basically took it up of like. His co-pilot was making an announcement to the crew to get ready to bail to abandon ship and bail ship and everything. And he's like, no, we have a mission to carry out. So as long as this thing is flying, we will carry out that mission, even if it kills us. And okay. in, in World War II, leaders like that were so important to the fighting front because that's – I've talked about this before. That is the reason why they are the greatest generation. They – they just knew that there was a, a good chance of them dying, but they knew that they had to continue on with the mission because if they can't get this done and they can't do missions like these and be willing to make that sacrifice, this war is not going to be won by the Allies. Yeah, a, a little history, interesting fact about this. Uh, the reason why his co-pilot was telling the guys to bail, and I didn't really see this in the show... The whole front of the aircraft was shot off. <laughs> the nose of the aircraft was destroyed. It was shot off. Yeah, no. That's why the radio op was killed. 
Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they were just talking about bailing, bailing shit because they didn't have full, like, rudder control. That's the only reason. Yeah, they, yeah. In the, show, they, they, in the show, they were just, that's all they talked about. But in, in I guess, in real life, the cockpit was just basically open. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, they, uh, these guys had some massive cojones to keep flying those aircraft and, and keep going up. They, they knew what type of job they were doing, and as each each mission goes on, especially we're only getting nine episodes of this. Yeah, it's it, it can only get it can only either get really worse, or as we start seeing later on, which there's a spoiler, but it's shown in the opening scenes when the Tuskegee Airmen come in, mm-hmm. they might get a little uh, ease off those off those fucking aircraft hitting them so much. So we'll get that as as the show goes on, but this I thought the first two episodes came out strong, but man, they had really kept their foot on the gas for this episode that came out uh, recently. So I got nothing but praise for the show going on, even bad CGI or not, man. <laughs> the actors are carrying the show. And the history itself is so interesting that it it it's it's worth the watch. Um, so there's the final scene is them landing in Africa finally, um, yep. and it's North Africa, just desert landscape, everything. Um, this is my gripe with their CGI work because you would have never seen this on Band of Brothers or The Pacific, Saving Private Ryan. Basically, the shows that that gave the the foundation for Masters of the Air to exist. Uh, they land, and it's just the entire shot is just our actors standing on a green screen. It's the, that's the entire shot. They land in a CGI desert in CGI planes, and they're all just standing in a CGI desert in Africa. And I'm just scratching my head, and I'm like, could have just taken, like, an extra day after finished filming in Europe to come back to the States and take a shot in, like, freaking California or something to give us, like, a desert landscape. They, it literally, it's, like, it's nothing, like, it's not like there's, like, rolling sandy hills of Africa or of Egypt or anything like that. It's just literally desert with freaking plants everywhere that looks like you... I wouldn't have thought like they were in the Mojave of freaking Nevada or something if they realistically want were trying to go for that shot. They could have easily done that shot <laughs> real, but they didn't, and it, it's just yeah. Well, it's just a bad shot. It's just a really bad shot. They have, it, they, that, have they have a great shot in the episode. And they have a really bad shot in the episode, and it's just yeah. It's just, to be fair, uh, I'll give that fair. Uh, the CGI work I've I've gone over it already, but. I will I will do a little bit of a touch on that desert scene. At the very end of the episode, our Lieutenant Crosby is, is being asked where the hell the hell they are because they have no idea where the fuck they are. They found the and... right way. Is the, they are at the they are at the right right way, but it's not what they were promised. Oh no no hundred no, percent not what they promised. But the the real history compared to it, which is why I would recommend really watching those real histories if you want to get that deep breakdown. But the uh the real history of it is when they were told to go to Africa and they were and they barely had the bare bones, they were told their their navigators are basically said, Hey, if you see the railroad, follow the railroad, 
and you'll probably find an airfield. That's that's that that's their navigation. Find a railroad, find the airfield, you can land. And in the show, they didn't really go into that much detail. They're just like, "Hey, where's the airfield?" And he's all like, "I don't know. <laughs> we, sh- we should see it." And when they finally see it, they land. But holy crap, you probably were shitting buckets because these guys by this point reaching Africa had basically minimum fuel. Uh, uh, Clevin's plane ran out of fuel. Uh, they almost they barely made it to Africa. It it was it's just like holy shit. Yeah. Like oh and and another interesting scene. Remember how uh, if you we do a callback to our last podcast, we talked about the Northern bomb site. Mm-hmm. The Northern bomb site was such an important part of the war effort for us that it was so secret. When Clevin had told. Uh, his crew to dump everything, machine guns, ammo, anything that's not buck, uh, buckled down, throw it out the, win- uh, the window, get it off the aircraft because they were leaking fuel and they and he wanted to get to Africa. He did not want to bail as, he's, as he flew this aircraft, but he also told his bombardier to throw out the Northern bomb site, which if you don't understand is that's his bread and butter. He He's he is told by secrecy to keep that with him at all times. So when he's told to basically bail it out and and they dump it in the ocean, luckily, it that's a treasure trove of intel if the Germans had caught it, but luckily landed in the ocean. Mm-hmm. But man, is that a is that a blow for that bombardier? Because he's like, Man, do what do I do? I'm never supposed to lose this thing. And he throws it out because it potentially saved his life. Giving him that extra few extra few minutes of fuel capacity, even though they're leaking a shitload of fuel because of how shot up their aircraft was. Yeah. So like those little little niche facts or those little things that happen in the show shows you what type of mission these guys are on, and it just it's just that's why it it keeps getting better even after rewatching it a few times. It's just the little things you see it, it makes it much of an enjoyable show why i and that's the reason why i don't care for the cgi anymore it's just i, I got over it it's, yeah, <laughs> the I show is saving itself there's we can we can bitch and complain there's, there's, there's gonna be nitpicky listeners like oh it's an air assault of a world war ii and like i'll grant you that but there's cinema that exists out there that have had a a, a tenth of the budget that this show has i.e. unbroken, that it's real plane, fake planes, but it's they all look real. They all look real. And you wanna you wanna know what really looked real? Like what? so uh, our target when they before and after they hit it, yeah. Because because they, they ha- it looks exactly like the Intel shot. Absolutely. That's pretty fucking amazing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like I said, this show, there was a lot better CGI work. Everything that happened inside the cockpit while they were getting shot down, there was great shots of that. There, like of a great mixed use of practical on a set mixed in with CGI work. It, it, like everything about this, like everything that happened with the air combat was fantastic. I'm glad that the crappy CGI work was saved for the end. Um. Yeah. Uh, um, I guess I want to kind of start something new here um, for our episode week recaps, at least. 
Um, I want to give kind of a prediction based on what we saw of what the next episode is going to be like. Um, and I think that the, I think that the, unless it plays an important, important role in the story, but we're only having nine episodes of this. I think the cruise flight back to England is going to be something done off screen. And our next episode or two is going to be focused on the guys who landed uh, in enemy territory, either escape and capture or dealing with uh, POW camps. Yes, I have a feeling that's probably going to be it too. Um, I have a bit of spoilers, but I won't spoil that for you, Kevin. Mm. Regarding one of the specific characters that we do know who who is um, given the option to either uh, try to escape or not, which actually bring, calls back to the question he was asked at the beginning of the episode. And... Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's going to be a good episode next week. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> Masters of the Era is so far turning into a very good show. I'm actually, I think I'm enjoying it more than I enjoyed the Pacific so far. Um, the reviews are also reflecting that too. If you're looking at that, if you're going off the IMDb score, um, Banner Brothers first three episodes rated about eight point eight, eight point eight, and then like Carrington was like a nine point one or nine point two. Um, we're getting about the same results right now with the first three episodes of uh, Masters of the Air. First episode was 8.7. Uh, the second episode was 8.8. This episode was a 9.0. So we're starting to see better about the same reviews uh, level that we that we saw in Band of Brothers. Uh, also kind of similar to the Pacific. Now, after this, it's really crucial. That these next few episodes are really crucial in terms of care, continuing to carrying this story on and keeping the entertain, keeping us enticed in the episode. Because now we're going to go boots on the ground. Um, we're gonna. We're, it's gonna be a lot of practical effects because obviously it's gonna be a very interesting show, a very interesting few episodes. Uh, the uh, up next sequence at the end of the episode showed a lot of potential, and I'm excited yep. for it. Uh, I believe so. Uh, but let's go down to the the nitty gritty. Uh, Kevin, what do you rate this episode out of ten? Nine. You gave it a straight nine. Yeah, I'll give this a nine. Now, I would I would give it a straight nine as well. Uh, only reason it's not a, a solid ten is well, even though I, I just said and I'm contradicting myself, I don't really give a shit about the H, the CGI. But yeah, that's the only reason why it's not a ten is the fucking CGI. It really is. <laughs> I mean, it's storytelling. Like if we're talking about storytelling, it's a perfect ten. Uh, but so, but on if we're talking about as a cinematic experience, for me, the cinematic experience is how the CGI is shot. Unfortunately, that last scene took me out of the uh, of the sequence because when you have a shot like that, you see the, like the outlines on the characters. You can tell that they're standing on a CGI stage, and it just it, it takes me out of it for a second. So yeah, that's the only reason why I'm giving it a nine. Uh, well, and honestly, maybe some of it is real. Who knows? Yeah. But uh, even some of the real shots look kind of fake, by the way. Yeah. Uh, so the it's it's a pretty it, this show's pretty good and. I don't mind talking about it every week. Yeah. I will I will point out that this show is more like the Pacific than it is Band of Brothers in regards of they're talking more about their uh, mental emotions during the show as well as they completely skipped the training scene and went straight to combat. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, so, the, 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 like Band of Brothers is about the camaraderie. 
uh, the Pacific was basically of how the mental toll took on the Marines from the beginning of the war to the end of the war. And that's kind of like we're starting to see too with Masters of the Air. These guys are cocky, playboy style guys, and they're, 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 I, I think we're going to start seeing a, a dark turn with these characters of like, they went from being excited going on missions to where we're going to be seeing like a dread every time they have a debrief. Yeah, I mean, they. To be fair, they in the first episode they do say that every single time they get breakfast, it's their last meal. Yeah. So it's uh, it's and in some cases their only meal for the day. Yep. So we'll we'll get to that. That's uh, as the war progresses, we will we will see how these uh these airmen fly. But other than that, this was us talking about Master of the Air Episode 3. Uh, Kevin, do you have any final comments before we finish off today? Uh, no. Um, other than, uh, guys, thank you for listening to the Unqualified Podcast. And there's about a million different ones out there named Unqualified. I would guarantee you, I would guarantee you, we are absolutely unqualified. Um, I have no credentials to show for any qualifications at all. Neither, neither, neither does Josh. Um, <laughs> we're gamers, somewhat history nerds, history buffs. Specifically, I'm a I'm a bit of a World War II buff. Uh, but other than that, you guys, thank you for uh, listening. If you guys want to listen to this live, uh, right now we're just broadcasting within our own Discord. Uh, so join if you want to join the Discord. I'll leave a link uh, either. Uh, you can find it through my Twitch channel, SaberX uh, Seven. Or I'll leave it uh, tagged somewhere for you guys to find. I'll figure out where that place will be. Uh, but anyway, guys, thank you guys for listening tonight. Um, or whenever you're listening to this. I don't know why I got to keep signing off us tonight because it's not a live broadcast. It'll be uploaded. Well, I mean, you guys can listen to it whenever. I mean, it's a nice rainy night right now where, where I'm at. So it's, Very it's understandable. Very true. Anyway, you guys, thank you for listening. And uh, go back and watch the first two episodes, guys, if you haven't listened to them yet. All right. Actually, watch all three. Watch Band of Brothers and The Pacific and Thorin Generation Kill. Just go watch t television, people. HBO, Apple TV will be waiting on our contracts to for your exclusive episode recaps. Uh, I I highly doubt we'll get that, but <laughs> we will we will be waiting. All right. Thank you, guys. All right. Have a good night. <clears throat>